Chapter Eighteenth of The Heart of Midlothian by Sir Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. To man, in this his trial state, the privilege is given, when tossed by tides of human fate, to anchor fast on heaven. Watts hymns it was with a firm step that deans sought his daughter's apartment determined to leave her to the light of her own conscience in the dubious point of casuistry in which he supposed her to be placed the little room had been the sleeping apartment of both sisters and there still stood there a small occasional bed which had been made for effie's accommodation when complaining of illness she had declined to share as in happier times her sister's pillow the eyes of deans rested involuntarily on entering the room upon this little couch with its dark green coarse curtains and the idea connected with it rose so thick upon his soul as almost to incapacitate him from opening his errand to his daughter her occupation broke the ice he found her gazing on a slip of paper which contained a citation to her to appear as a witness upon her sister's trial in behalf of the accused for the worthy magistrate determined to omit no chance of doing effie justice and to leave her sister no apology for not giving the evidence which she was supposed to possess had caused the ordinary citation or subpoena of the scottish criminal court to be served upon her by an officer during his conference with david this precaution was so far favourable to deans that it saved him the pain of entering upon a formal explanation with his daughter he only said with a hollow and tremulous voice i perceive ye are aware of the matter oh father we are cruelly stead between god's laws and man's laws what shall we do what can we do Jeanie, it must be observed had no hesitation whatever about the mere act of appearing in a court of justice she might have heard the point discussed by her father more than once but we have already noticed that she was accustomed to listen with reverence to much which she was incapable of understanding and that subtle arguments of casuistry found her a patient but unedified hearer upon receiving the citation therefore her thoughts did not turn upon the chimerical scruples which alarmed her father's mind but to the language which had been held to her by the stranger at mushat's cairn in a word she never doubted but she was to be dragged forward into the court of justice in order to place her in the cruel position of either sacrificing her sister by telling the truth or committing perjury in order to save her life 
and so strongly did her thoughts run in this channel that she applied her father's words ye are aware of the matter to his acquaintance with the advice that had been so fearfully enforced upon her she looked up with anxious surprise not unmingled with a cast of horror which his next words as she interpreted and applied them were not qualified to remove daughter said david it has ever been my mind that in things of one doubtful and controversial nature ilk christian's conscience should be his own guide wherefore descend into yourself try your own mind with sufficiency of soul exercise and as you shall finally find yourself clear to do in this matter even so be it but father said jeanie whose mind revolted at the construction which she naturally put upon his language can this this be a doubtful or controversial matter mind father the ninth command thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbour david deans paused for still applying her speech to his preconceived difficulties it seemed to him as if she a woman and a sister was scarce entitled to be scrupulous upon this occasion where he a man exercised in the testimonies of that testifying period had given indirect countenance to her following what must have been the natural dictates of her own feelings but he kept firm his purpose until his eyes involuntarily rested upon the little settle-bed and recalled the form of the child of his old age as she sat upon it pale emaciated and broken-hearted his mind as the picture arose before him involuntarily conceived and his tongue involuntarily uttered but in a tone how different from his usual dogmatical precision arguments for the course of conduct likely to ensure his child's safety daughter he said i did not say that your path was free from stumbling and questionless this act may be in the opinion of some a transgression since he who beareth witness unlawfully and against his conscience doth in some sort bear false witness against his neighbour yet in matters of compliance the guilt lieth not in the compliance so muckle as in the mind and conscience of him that doth comply and therefore although my testimony hath not been spared upon public defections i have na felt freedom to separate myself from the communion of many who have been clear to hear those ministers who have taken the fatal indulgence because they might get good of them though i could not when david had proceeded thus far his conscience reproved him that he might be indirectly undermining the purity of his daughter's faith and smoothing the way for her falling off from strictness of principle he therefore suddenly stopped 
and changed his tone genie i perceive that our vile affections so i call them in respect of doing the will of our father cling too heavily to me in this hour of trying sorrow to permit me to keep sight of my own duty or to air you to yours i will speak no more anent this over-trying matter genie if ye can with god and good conscience speak in favour of this poor unhappy here his voice faltered she is your sister in the flesh worthless and cast away as she is she is the daughter of a saint in heaven that was a mother to you genie in place of your own but if ye are enough free in conscience to speak for her in the court of judicature follow your conscience genie and let god's will be done after this adjuration he left the apartment and his daughter remained in a state of great distress and perplexity it would have been no small addition to the sorrows of david deans even in this extremity of suffering had he known that his daughter was applying the casuistical arguments which he had been using not in the sense of a permission to follow her own opinion on a dubious and disputed point of controversy but rather as an encouragement to transgress one of those divine commandments which christians of all sects and denominations unite in holding most sacred can this be said genie as the door closed on her father can these be his words that i have heard or has the enemy taken his voice and features to give weight unto the counsel which causeth to perish a sister's life and a father pointing out how to save it o oh god deliver me this is a fearful temptation roaming from thought to thought she at one time imagined her father understood the ninth commandment literally as prohibiting false witness against our neighbour without extending the denunciation against falsehood uttered in favour of the criminal but her clear and unsophisticated power of discriminating between good and evil instantly rejected an interpretation so limited and so unworthy of the author of the law she remained in a state of the most agitating terror and uncertainty afraid to communicate her thoughts freely to her father lest she should draw forth an opinion with which she could not comply wrung with distress on her sister's account rendered the more acute by reflecting that the means of saving her were in her power but were such as her conscience prohibited her from using tossed in short like a vessel in an open roadstead during a storm and like that vessel resting on one only sure cable and anchor faith in providence and a resolution to discharge her duty 
butler's affection and strong sense of religion would have been her principal support in these distressing circumstances but he was still under restraint which did not permit him to come to st leonard's crags and her distresses were of a nature which with her indifferent habits of scholarship she found it impossible to express in writing she was therefore compelled to trust for guidance to her own unassisted sense of what was right or wrong it was not the least of jeanie's distresses that although she hoped and believed her sister to be innocent she had not the means of receiving that assurance from her own mouth the double dealing of ratcliffe in the matter of robertson had not prevented his being rewarded as double dealers frequently have been with favour and preferment charpetlaw who found in him something of a kindred genius had been intercessor in his behalf with the magistrates and the circumstance of his having voluntarily remained in the prison when the doors were forced by the mob would have made it a hard measure to take the life which he had such easy means of saving he received a full pardon and soon afterwards james ratcliffe the greatest thief and housebreaker in scotland was upon the faith perhaps of an ancient proverb selected as a person to be entrusted with the custody of other delinquents when ratcliffe was thus placed in a confidential situation he was repeatedly applied to by the sapient saddletree and others who took some interest in the dean's family to procure an interview between the sisters but the magistrates who were extremely anxious for the apprehension of robertson had given strict orders to the contrary hoping that by keeping them separate they might from the one or the other extract some information respecting that fugitive on this subject jeanie had nothing to tell them she informed mr middleborough that she knew nothing of robertson except having met him that night by appointment to give her some advice respecting her sister's concern the purport of which she said was betwixt god and her conscience of his motions purposes or plans past present or future she knew nothing and so had nothing to communicate effie was equally silent though from a different cause it was in vain that they offered a commutation and alleviation of her punishment and even a free pardon if she would confess what she knew of her lover she answered only with tears unless when at times driven into pettish sulkiness by the persecution of the interrogators she made them abrupt and disrespectful answers at length after her trial had been delayed for many weeks in hopes that she might be induced to speak out on a subject infinitely more interesting to the magistracy than her own guilt or innocence their patience was worn out 
and even mr middleborough finding no ear lent to farther intercession in her behalf the day was fixed for the trial to proceed it was now and not sooner that sharpetlaw recollecting his promise to effie deans or rather being dinned into compliance by the unceasing remonstrances of mrs saddletree who was his next-door neighbour and who declared it was heathen cruelty to keep the twa broken-hearted creatures separate issued the important mandate permitting them to see each other on the evening which preceded the eventful day of trial jeanie was permitted to see her sister an awful interview and occurring at a most distressing crisis this however formed a part of the bitter cup which she was doomed to drink to atone for crimes and follies to which she had no accession and at twelve o'clock noon being the time appointed for admission to the jail she went to meet for the first time for several months her guilty erring and most miserable sister in that abode of guilt error and utter misery End of chapter eighteenth